You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Welcome back to Me Time with Stephanie. I am extremely excited about Russell Kelly, and you guys remember him from episode two? Well, today, as our guest host, Russell Kelly is going to talk about Pain Has No Color. And again, thank you for joining me with Me Time with Stephanie. Greetings. I'm Russell Kelly. I have a guy who is not only my Zulu brother, but he is also my fraternity brother, Phi Beta Sigma. So we have those two things in common. We also are men. We're black men. And we have something else in common. We both have experienced pain, mental pain, deeply rooted mental pain in regards to our kid. And I'm looking at Melvin, Melvin Labatt, and he'll introduce himself. But he's this big guy in stature, former baseball player on a collegiate level. I refer to him as the gentle giant. But enough of me talking about him. Uh, We'll talk about what we have in common, that third part. Here is uh, Melvin Labatt. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Not a problem. I, I appreciate the invite. And my name is Melvin Labatt. Native New Orleanian, uh, St. Augustine, four years, and ended up graduating from Kennedy the last year uh, as a football player, baseball player. Uh, I thought I could do it all. And from that point, went on to Purview A&M University, playing two sports, football and baseball, and left Purview A&M with an MBA. I enjoyed my time there. I, I, I enjoyed Texas. It's good to visit, but home is home. And uh, I'm happy to be back in New Orleans, Jefferson Parish. Uh, and actually, I met Russell Kelly, actually at Zulu. You know, we became yes. Zulu brothers, and we found out we had the other thing in common as fraternity brothers, Phi Beta Sigma, which if you know a little about Sigma, we're about community involvement. We're about brotherhood. We don't do a lot of talking, a lot of shouting. You know, we're more laid back, I believe. Yes. And we're more about community service. Yes. Um, How tall are you? 6'1". How much do you weigh? 255. I've seen you hit a baseball so hard, so fast. It went so high and so far. But people wouldn't think that there's a softer side of you, if you will, a vulnerable side. And again, I mentioned, well, People know I have a severely autistic daughter who um, it has made me cry many times, but I don't think you cry. Is there anything you've ever experienced that made you cry? Well, one of the things that you you know a little about, Russell, and, and other people that are close to me, I always ask God for a son. God gave me a son. Uh, Melvin Labatt, but his middle name I changed to John Eric, so I didn't want him to be a fourth. And I was always a person that wanted grandkids. Uh, But on June 10th, uh, 2012, a day before his 28th birthday, he was murdered, you know, shot four times, you know, once in the back from what what I was told by the detective, and that was to knock him down because he was a big guy. And then three times, once in the face and two times in the chest. And what I do thank God for is the 
the night before his his the murder, again, which was his birthday weekend, he always wanted ice cream cake, so I was able to buy this ice cream cake for him for that, that Saturday night and over with my parents. And, of course, he was telling me that one day I'd be a, a grandfather, and, and I'm like, yeah, right, guy, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. And so I did get to spend that time. Yes. But the next day, that Sunday, and I could go on about that. It rained all day. You know, I lay down, took a nap, and when I finally looked at my phone, I had 14 or 15 missed calls, and nobody ever calls me that much. It just doesn't happen. So I, I called the first number that was a missed call, and it was a friend telling me something tragic happened, and I'm like, yeah, right, what could have happened, you know? And then I called my sister, and she was one of the missed calls. She said, you need to get here, and I'm like, get where? She said, to Melvin's apartment. And I said, what's wrong? She hung the phone up on me. I called my nephew, who was a missed call, and mm-hmm. I said, man, tell me what is going on. And he was like, you need to get here. Melvin's not here. And I'm like, what do you mean? So I'm on the West Bank in, in, in Gretna. All right. He lived in Holly Grove in the apartments near that canal. I don't know that canal. On Palmetto. On yeah. Palmetto. He, yes. he lived in those apartments with his girlfriend, who had like five kids, and how how do you tell a grown man that? How will you ever have kids if your significant other already has five? You yes. know, but he was a grown man, and I I raised him to be a grown man, to be a man. And I got to the apartments, and everybody ran to me, and the respect I have for Congressman Richmond or Vice chairman, whatever his title is, with the president, uh, Cedric Richmond, and a friend of mine that is in OPD, uh, Michael Kitchen, and the ex-police, not ex-police chief, the retired police chief, Sean Ferguson. Yes. They were there, and I told them I wanted to see my son. The coroner had arrived by the time I got there, and they said, man, you don't want to see him in the shape he's in. I said, I got to see him. It's my baby, you know. Yes, yes. Cedric Richmond, Sean Ferguson, and it's, and it's my friend Michael Kitchen. They would not let me see him because they knew my son. Ferguson didn't. He was a lieutenant then on the scene. And he said, man, you don't want to see your son in that shape, you know. And so I did not go, you know. And so I owe a lot to Cedric Richmond and, and Sean Ferguson and, and my family. I, I, I don't want to exclude them, but yes. I was I was too busy trying to, calm my nephews down because they were like somebody's going to pay and I'm like so who who's going to pay nobody knows anything so the reality did not set in on what actually had happened you know and that my baby was gone and when everybody left the scene when they took the body I stayed there by myself you know and I was always just thinking I was this tough guy you know uh, playing football and baseball you know, and I enjoy the gym, you know, uh, that I didn't believe men were ever supposed to cry. I just think you did. Yes. And I probably cried for a couple of hours. They didn't even know. My family didn't know where I was. They thought I was following them. But I had to go back to that scene where it happened just to see what I thought I, I could see, which was nothing. But I had to go there. Yes. And I did. And I even knocked on doors asking 
wanting to ask individuals, did they see what happened? But ironically, no one opened the door. Not one person in the And if you know those apartments, yes. they're right next to each other. The doors are, no one knew anything. And yes. that really disturbed me, you know, that my baby's gone. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And nobody would even, you know, answer a door, you know. And to this day, it was a baby's pacifier on the ground. Which means someone had to have been there, well, my my observation, mm-hmm. to see what had happened. Well, so I finally go over to my with my family, and I'm still trying to process what actually happened, you know, and folk, individuals are telling me, you know, uh, the police is involved in it. They're getting, you know, all the information. So I get asked, his girlfriend the police took with him for questioning. They released her. Mm-hmm. She asked me, would I go back to the apartment for her to get her things? And I said yes, because I just, I just wanted to see again what, what was going on. And I had a ton of questions for her, Yes. which today I still don't have an answer. And so my nephew went with me, and she asked me for some money that she said my son had given me to buy her a ring because he said he loved her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm lost now. I just lost my son, my, yes. my, my only child. Yes. You still have five kids. This is the same day of the, of the, of the murder that she's that actually same exact day? The same exact day. This is that evening. So I, I left with my nephew the next day. That night, actually, going when I finally went home, and I didn't want any company. It was just me. I didn't need my family with me. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Me time with Stephanie. I guess I had to talk with God and started processing what was actually going on. And to your, what you talk about the dark, I yes. tell people, when the lights go out, it's a different it's a different ball game. You you go to thinking about things, you know, that on a normal day and a normal talking with people you just wouldn't think about and my mind was just running, you know, what was really going on. He wasn't a bad kid. He took care of his his grandfather, his his mother's father, who was confined to bed. He would go get him every morning, put him in the bathtub, you know, uh he did lawn care work. He took care of this girl and her five kids yes. who didn't drive. Who would want to hurt my child? I, I I just could not come to grips with that. That that disturbed me so much. And I found myself at a red light the next morning, just sitting there, just just crying, and, and couldn't figure out what was wrong. You but, know. But people say we don't cry. Yeah. Well. Adversity will cause a lot of things that people say that they wouldn't do. You know, uh, I was one of those people who believed that at that time. But now I I have my moments, and it could just be in a grocery store. And I see someone with kids or, or someone my age with grandkids, and it just hits me. And I'll leave a store and, you know, go outside and, Till I can dry these tears, tears up and yes. go back up, go back in there. Because I just always wanted to be a parent, a grandparent, a grandfather. I I wanted to buy a drum set 
so I could send it home with him so he could, <laughs> he, he could beat the drums at the house, you know. Uh, yeah. Like my son aggravated me at times, you know. I, I'll tell you, um, I have two sons along with, I have Jade, but I have two sons, Joe, Russell, Anthony Kelly, and I have Russell Thomas Kelly. Right. And my prayer was always, God just allow me to see my two sons become men 21 years old. Because my dad died at 41 years old when I was 15. And now they are 25 and 24. I couldn't imagine losing one of them now. And your son was 26 the day before his birthday. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation today with my nephew, one of my nephews, because he listened to the first podcast I was a part of. And he told me he didn't realize I had gone through the mental challenge and the mental pain that I described. And I'm going to give you a chance to tell me if you've experienced some of these things. I told him, which I had buried it deep in my memory, I can remember many times driving across the Crescent City Connection, Mississippi River Bridge, and thought to myself, just get out the car, jump over, and it's all done in regards to my daughter being autistic that I couldn't change. There were times, like I mentioned, I literally pawned my 9mm because I looked at it and I was like, I could just end it all right now. Jade is severely autistic, but when we leave here, I'm going to take her a day early to her Valentine Day celebration with she and I, but your son is not here. Right. Right. How do you over, well, you'll never overcome it, but how, just to help the next brother understand that he is not alone and he can get over it, how do you deal with it? The, the truth is, what we're doing right now is therapy for me. This, this is therapy, just to be able to talk to someone that you you haven't lost one of your kids' lives. They haven't not, but just to be able to talk and just 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 discuss it is therapy. I just a little a little more of the story. What was interesting for me is. He was murdered that Sunday, and that next Sunday was Father's Day. Wow. And, well, his birthday was that Monday. He was murdered that Sunday. His birthday was that Monday, and the next Sunday was Father's Day. I care less about being, you know, that Father's Day. That really did not faze me at all. What what does that mean, you know? uh, But to your point, and no one knows this because I've never talked about it before, it was one day going across the Mississippi River Bridge, just as you get on the ramp. I just wanted to ram my car into the to the bridge. Just say, you know what? Not to end of life. I was just that angry. Yes. You know, I was just that angry with life, you know, and 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 I know God has a way of humbling us, but I was like, Why me? You know, I do my best to help anybody, you know. Uh yeah, I've done some crazy things in life. It's just called life. Yes. But why me? You know, my my baby's gone, and and 
coming to grips with that was really difficult. Uh, for at least three, maybe four years, every Sunday, I was at Mount Olivet to talk to him. And I'm sure a lot of people see me cry, and actually, you've probably seen me with the glasses, but the blue guy, Ray-Bans that I wear, yes. that was his. Oh, all that right. That was his. And uh, I've cried many days at Mount Olivet. I don't go every Sunday now anymore. It's been 10 and a half, you know, at least, well, 10 years, 8 months and something. Uh, but I still I still have my moments. And I used to, it, I used to, it used to bother me when other folks see me cry, but now I don't care anymore. If, if you knew my story, you'd understand why. But this is, and what, what a lot of us as black men have to understand, counseling, therapy, it works. Yes. Because I was like you, I knew I needed help. Because I pulled my pistol out on a lady tapping on the window one day, asking could I help her. And my first reaction was to grab this gun. Yes. Had I done anything, man, this lady didn't do me anything. I, I was just that angry, you know, with who took my son's life. I used to go on the sheriff's website looking for these two guys because uh, I got their names. You know, I did my own investigation to find these two guys' names, and it was depressing me. I had to stop doing it. Yes. And I went to therapy, and now they will call me sometimes to go and talk to families uh, every every holiday. Normally, I speak for at the sheriff's office. They have this uh, service at one of the local churches, and that helps me. You know, it probably helps me more than it helps them. Them, yes. But sometimes people look at us and say, "Well, no, it can't be you," but it can be us. That's right. You know, uh, you know, you talk about your artistic child, but. Folks look at you and say, no, nah, not Russell. He, Russell's high maintenance. He's always on the go. He's always hustling. But it can be us. Exactly. Folks ask me, say, well, why you've never told me your son was murdered? Well, I don't walk around just saying, hey, look at me, you know. It's, it's not something you just tell people. That's right. That's right. But this is therapy for me. This, this really helps out. And with that, I'm so glad. You can't imagine the number of Zulu brothers they have come to me since I've been openly talking about my pain, my depression, my previous depression in regards to my daughter being severely autistic. And they talk to me one-on-one, -on -one and I know it's helping them. But the reason why I wanted to start doing this, Daddy's Cry 2 with Russell Kelly, is, like you say, it's therapy for me. My book was therapy. I mean, I didn't, there were times when I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to face the world. But again, once I started writing, and now even more so, more so while I'm starting, because I'm starting to talk to people like yourself. And I was so elated when you said yes, because again, a lot of brothers don't want to talk about this. Right. You know, um, Several brothers I've spoken to actually cried when I was speaking to them. And it, 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 it confirmed to me that I'm doing God's will. We're going to take a quick break. 
and we'll be right back. And we're back. Me time with Stephanie. If a brother, any man, came to you when you left here and told you, sir, how you doing? You know, and he said something crazy to you, whatever, and then he said, I'm sorry. I just lost my kid. Uh, a brother may say, oh, my kids were, uh, my kid was just taken away from me in child support court. Or uh, how would you respond to him? What would you say based on your experience? My, my, my first thought would be is to say, hey, dude, let's, let's go take a walk in the park. Or let's go somewhere and let's just talk about this because... If the kid is still here, it's not the worst thing in the world. You you can deal with this, you know. But let's go talk about it, just me and you. We can walk in the park. We can go somewhere to eat, you know, uh, and just sit and talk about this. Because we, especially as black men, don't think we're supposed to talk about things like this. You know, we, we think right. it shouldn't happen to us. That's right. But we're not, we're not exempt from any of this, you know, like we think we are. And... Even you know when 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 you mentioned this to me, why wouldn't I? This this works for me, you know. This if, if especially if someone else is listening to you and I, you know, two very proud black men yes. can sit here and discuss this. That we struggle, you know, with things, and it's never over with. It gets better, but it never it's never over. Never ends. You know, right. uh, they say, well, hey, maybe I could reach out to one of these guys and say, hey, man, can you you mind just let's go to. I, I invite guys to the gym and say, man, come on to the gym with me, you know, and that's, we can talk about this. I, I think we don't do, do enough of this, you know, and that's what's so important about this for me is this, this really helps out, you know, and hopefully it helps someone else. If you can recall, uh, at Zulu we had for three years um, Mother's Zulu on the Bayou. Yes. And if you can recall, it was yourself, Wilbur Thomas yes. and Clarence Becknell yes. on the stage. And we were talking about what they were talking about because I, I actually chaired it. Um, they were talking about, you know, mothers who lost kids or what have you. But when you all got on the stage, the attention that people gave y'all, three black men, not three young black men, three older black men, successful black men getting on the stage before thousands of people and expressing y'all pain or what have you. And I say that to say this. My brother listening, you know, it could happen to them. I go back to my situation. Like I said, I've never lost a, uh, one of my kids. I thank God. But Russell Kelly, you know how people look at me and Zulu, always at the mic, always talking, <laughs> speaking facts, though. Yeah. Speaking yeah. facts. I, I agree. All right? But the thing is, Russell has a chromosome translocation. His Ford broke off and attached to his eight. His eight broke off and attached to his Ford. And he passed it on to Jade Brianna Kelly, his daughter. That's why she's severely autistic. I say that to say this. None of us perfect. That could come to any of us doorstep. And that lead me into 
I posted on social media, on Facebook, a few days ago. I'm only as good as I treat the next person. And that's one thing that really drew me to you when I first became a Zulu member. Because, like I say, y'all can't see him, but this dude looked like, you, you know, the Rock rock or whatever, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. this, he looks like the Rock, you know? But he has this gentle, quiet side. And um, I came to our annual baseball game, Zulu yeah. baseball, black against the gold. Yeah. And I saw you put that size, your skill set, you know, on display, the way you hit the ball. But then when I was told that your son had been murdered, and not only that I saw, you know, your disposition, you know, facial disposition, but because, again, we share... Five beta segment. We have the same right. spirits. Yeah. I felt into your spirit, and um, I had to have you here. And believe it or not, I was on Stephanie Boutte, me time with Stephanie Boutte on her podcast a few weeks ago. This is my first uh, hosting podcast, and look who's my first guest. I could go on and on and on, but I want to. I, I, I want to hear yeah. you um, describe the pain that you experienced because right. of what happened. You, you know, the one of the, one of the things you just quoted. My my favorite scripture, and I can't tell you where where it comes from because I read this in 1982 on a sign at a church, and uh, you may not be familiar, and, and he may be in Hackberry, Louisiana. Outside of Lake Charles, all right, in Cameron Parish. Cameron Parish, yes, familiar. Uh, and it says, "What does a man prosper if he gains the world and loses his soul?" That's right. I, I do my best to live that way. Yeah, we we all want to be rich, you know. We all want to have more, but if we have that and we lose who we are, what do we really have? Okay. You know, and that is what I try to tell people. And and my other goal is always. To, if I could do anything to help anybody so they don't have to go through what I go through on a daily basis. Yes. You know, I do smile a lot. You know that. Yes. I, I enjoy sports. I'm, I'm, you know, advocate, you know, workout, you know, workout guy. Uh, but when every June 10th and 11th and Father's Day, my family know and where I work, don't expect me to work. I don't care what's going on. That is days that are really special to me. And at any moment, I could have a good cry, or it may be where it may not be much, but I don't know. Yes. You just don't know, you yes. know. I have not had a Christmas tree in over 10 years. Uh, I. My my thing to myself is until they convict who murdered my son, which will never happen. So they have not convicted anyone nah, yet? No, nah, they don't even have any. They don't have the guys. And I know who did it. The detectives know who did it. But with no witnesses, you know, uh, you, you, you really have nothing. So the holidays, especially Christmas, is very, very difficult. You know, uh, even as a grown man, that was still my baby. 
That's right. Yeah, well, well I, I'm a yeah, baby of yeah, five, yeah. And, and I'm 57 years old. Right. My mom and daddy, so, they're, they're right. gone, but I'm still a baby. baby. But I, I understand. Uh, so I, I, I do visit family on Christmas Day, but I'm gone very early because it's just a difficult day. Yes. It, it just is. His birthday is probably... His birthday, which is June 11th, is probably more difficult than anything. What has really touched me the most is that his classmates that he graduated at John McDonough and played sports, he played baseball and football, they still reach out to me, you know, and uh, and they like, Mr. Mel, you know, hey, man, you know, if you ever need anything, I say, hey, man, I appreciate it, but God has blessed me. Yes. God has put me somewhere else. Uh, just a small story, a, a, a young lady at the gym, uh, a white lady, you know, mm-hmm. very attractive. She lost someone very close to her, and the trainer who trains her asked me, would I speak to her? Well, I, I told him, yeah. So me and the young lady talk, and really, when you're in a situation like you or I, when you're first talking to someone, you just want somebody to listen. That's and, right. and I know that now. So I listened to her for about 15, 20 minutes, and she went on and on and on. I said, hey, I understand. You know, I said, I live this every day. I said, and here's my phone number. If you ever want to talk late at night because you just lost your significant other, you know, uh, call me. I said, if if my girlfriend, you know, is there, whoever's there, they'll understand it because they know who I am, you know. Well, she hugged and kissed me in the gym. Well, of course, you know, in the gym, <laughs> when you do that, all the guys like, I knew that old dude was trying to get one. <laughs> and, and it was never, it was never, never that. that. It was yes. just helping, you know, somebody. But what they didn't understand is she didn't know the therapy for me was was probably more than what I gave her, you yes. know, just listening to her. Because it's, it's, it's some nights, and I may go home tonight and think about this and have a good cry and... You know, and say a prayer and go to bed, you know, and, I, yes. and I'm good, you know. Uh, I love that you keep saying, it's therapy for me, it's therapy for yeah. me. <laughs> I'll end it with this. Black men, we do cry. White men, we do cry. Asian men, we do cry. Indian, whatever, because pain has no color. Pain is pain. Depression is depression. If you pull a trigger, to hurt yourself or someone else. That gun has no race. Blood is red. We have so much in common, but we can only find out if we talk to one another. Thank you, my Zulu brother, Melvin Labat, my fraternity brother, and my fellow brother in pain. Yes, sir.